Hello, and welcome to episode 124 of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. And lately, Star Wars storytelling has taken the spotlight. On this episode, we are going to be talking about Ahsoka Part 6, entitled Far, Far Away. Um, Luke reeked like Jedi, so he told him he had to go clean himself up. So this is Caleb and I on this episode. Caleb, you're looking pretty good. You look pretty clean. I can't smell you from here. So how are you doing? Are you telling me I'm not a Jedi? Well, you don't you don't reek like one. <laughs> I'll take it. There are many other amazing characters in this episode to talk about. Yes. Yeah. What an episode. Huh? Um, just to give everybody the courtesy of our spoiler warning, we will be talking about spoilers for Ahsoka Part 6. Uh, we already actually talked about a part without talking about it, but yeah, reeking like a Jedi. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, so you know how for a couple of weeks I've been talking about these Spotify responses that I've been putting up questions uh, yeah. that people can, if they listen on Spotify, they can interact and like answer the question and whatnot. Um, we got a response. We got our first response. It's a big deal. I got an email and everything. I was so excited. You know that scene from uh, Cars where they see like one headlight far, far, far in the distance. So then, uh, what's her name? Um, the the Porsche, the blue one. Sal- Sally. Sally. She goes, customers, customers. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. Customers. <laughs> I'm so excited. Everybody, everybody, take your places. Places, places, people. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, and and we uh, we know him. The person that responded. Um, first of all, the question was, "Oh, you know what? This is terrible show preparation. I should have had it ready to go." Uh, uh, so you're just gonna listen to me scroll through my phone and get it because. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I told myself all day, like, "Hey, by the way, when uh, you're gonna talk about this, you should have it ready." <laughs> so here we go. So the question was, we talked a lot about it last week, actually. What do you think Ahsoka needed to learn from Anakin? That has generated so much conversation just everywhere. It was such a great um, a great talking point of last week's episode. So our response came from Robert Avila, who we know from our old ice rink uh, that we used to coach for the uh, California Heat. And yep. the ice rink is called the uh, LA Kings Valley Ice Center. Uh, Robert used to work there. I believe he still does. And he's always been a good friend of the show. Uh, from the beginning, he's always been really supportive of the Colby cast. And so Robert, we appreciate you. We thank you for, for listening and for also for, uh, responding. And he also does a mean Boba Fett cosplay. Uh, so he, not only, not only is he one of us in the nerd way, but he's one of us in my way because he is a goalie as well. He is a goalie. Yes. Uh, so we're crossing the streams right here. He's a Star Wars fan. He's a hockey guy. Uh, so Robert, shout out to you. His response to the question was that she defines her own legacy by her choices, not by those who came before her. And I loved it. I love that response because I am right there with him. Insert the snaps, the the poetry, snap poetry snaps. I won't do it because it will sound awful in a microphone, but I like it. I actually would like to hear how it sounds. So here we go. R.I.P. in peace to our headphone users. Yeah, sorry, ears. I apologize to you. So I also put a um, like a poll, and I asked. Um, it's really curious to see because this is another thing that spurred a lot of conversation. Was what we saw in that episode really the world between worlds? 
yes or nope. And uh, you, I remember um, you said that you didn't think it was, and you had very good reasons. And Luke thought that it was. He had very good reasons, and I landed on the side of Luke. Um, so sorry, but you you lost here again because the users of the poll said and one hundred percent. Uh, there were no votes for no. It was all yes. So uh, no. people are coming down on the side of the world between worlds. I want to recount. <laughs> okay, let me let me double check again. Nope, still a hundred percent. Okay, put it back and then let me vote again. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so definitely wanted to thank Robert for responding and check it out. We're going to be putting questions up. It might be related to what we talk about, or it might just be something fun. And you know. I know some people or lots of people listen on different uh, podcatchers. You know, we've got Apple Podcasts is very popular, Google Podcasts, Spotify, different types of different ways to listen. So if you're not listening on Spotify and you don't have a chance to respond to the questions and stuff, we'll throw it out there on Twitter and Instagram. And um, X. What is that? Formerly Twitter, now X. The artist formerly known as Twitter, now X. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll throw it out there on the X. Uh, we'll throw it out there on the threads and the hive. <laughs> <laughs> the interwebs. Uh, yeah, so check look look out for that kind of stuff because we'd love to hear from you guys, um, as I've said in the past. Uh, one other thing, Caleb, I have a question for you before we get oh, into boy. Ahsoka and the whole thing. Um, because on the X, formerly known as Twitter, I follow an account that's... Uh, it's a really enjoyable account. It's called All the Right Movies. And then it's just a movies account. And they tweet really, really cool fun facts about movies. And you know me, I'm a fan of fun facts. Um, they're a really cool follows. So check them out if you're on the Twitter. I do I don't know if they're on other places. I just follow them on Twitter. So but um a couple weeks ago they tweeted uh, a 30-day movie challenge. And like all good podcasters, I'm just going to steal it unabashedly, bold-faced. Um stealing it right out under their nose. And I'm going to take a question from their 30 day movie challenge. I'm going to ask you a question. And that question is, what is a movie that reminds you of your childhood and you being the young person that you are, your childhood was last week. So what is a movie that reminds you of your childhood? Honestly, there are so many just because I feel like Luke and I grew up in a time where it was just, it wasn't necessarily production trying to be different, but it just, it seemed like the perfect time where the overall quality of what you saw and what you were seeing were really good, whether it was Disney or not. Um, So it's hard to choose, but I think if I had to pick one just to be like different, do you remember that robots movie? It was animated and they and a robot was blue and they had like buggy eyes and yeah. robotic like thin like sort of like stretchy arms. Like, yeah, it was like a, a sort of like a societal thing where it was like yeah. there were rich robots and poor robots. That sort yep. of thing. It's, I think it's just called robots. I don't know why. I don't remember seeing that movie a ton, but it just reminds me of like being kids. It's a good one. That's a good one. I I remember that coming out. And you're right. I like the observation about how good movies started to look uh, through your childhood. So, you know, I think that's once we got out of the 90s and there's so many 
milestones that you can go like tracing all the way back to even like jaws for special effects yeah uh but going through the 80s and 90s they were trying so many new things and of course the 90s was very jumped way ahead of the 80s but i think they even jumped even further in the 2000s and then into the teens so that's a that's a good observation so for me my third my personal challenge for this this movie challenge thing that they have going on is to see if star Wars would apply to everything, to every question. <laughs> I really thought you're going to go the opposite way. It's like, okay, I'm going to avoid using star Wars or no. avoid using. Nope. Never. No. It's a, so if a movie that reminds me of my childhood totally applies yeah, star Wars. <laughs> so we may dip back onto this list, just to have a little bit of fun uh, and see, and uh, I'd love to hear some uh, some listeners' reactions too. So maybe I'll throw that out there for people to uh, to to respond to on on the socials. Um, if not, hey, well, you could send us an email, or if you have my phone number, you could even text me. <laughs> yeah, I much like you, not needing an excuse to talk about Star Wars. I don't need an excuse to talk about the next movie I'm going to mention, but because you said what movie singular i have to give you two because i don't listen uh i'm also going to say shrek any reason i can get to talk about shrek don't even need one i'll talk about it and just great parenting you guys not having us watch like absolutely mind-numbing things for our benefit or for our pleasure you guys made sure things were on the screen that would be enjoyment for all four of us you know it's all about that quality in the mead household and um to quote Maui from Moana. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, all right. So, by the way, Shrek, second episode in a row that Shrek has come up. So, I'm happy about that. And Shrek also reminds me of my childhood, even though it wasn't a movie when I was a child. <laughs> I was going to say, did it come out in like the early 2000s? I can let you all figure that out and <laughs> how that works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough. Enough of the uh, of the fun stuff. Let's get to the more fun stuff. Ahsoka part, part six, far, far away. Uh, what'd you think? Give me your general thoughts on the episode. So I'm not even joking you. I'm not even trying to go backward, but you said far, far away. And it reminded me <laughs> of when I was watching it and it made me think of far, far away in Shrek. Shrek <laughs> two has far, far away. Maybe it's Shrek three. I don't remember, but that's what it's it made true. me think of. And then I was like, Caleb, you're dumb because it's literally <laughs> supposed to be a Star Wars reference in Star Wars. It's like their version of breaking the fourth wall. But I thought it was amazing. Uh, overall quality, the pace, just not even like trying to be technical, but I just felt like it wasn't slow. It wasn't fast. I love that we got to see both Ezra and Thrawn within minutes of each other. And I will say to you, I don't care who, what, where, why, when, any of the the questions, they killed it with Thrawn. Thrawn yeah. is phenomenal. He yeah. needs to do some sit-ups and maybe not eat this new galaxy's food as much, but hey. he is awesome. No fat shaming Thrawn. No, it's not even fat shaming. I that's the only thing I was it was like almost like taken aback because they've obviously aged. Ezra, when Ezra was introduced. When I was introduced to Ezra, I didn't have a beard. Now Ezra's <laughs> introduced again. He has a beard and I have a beard. Look at that. Besties for the resties. But um, I didn't expect – I don't know why, but I just didn't expect Thrawn to age. 
even though it's showing sure. that time had passed. And sure. the last time we're in, we we saw Thrawn, he was like constantly working out. He was always doing things, and he always just seemed oh, super fit and in shape. So that's why, like, I'm not even trying to be mean, but like, it just <laughs> threw me off a little bit. He's uh he's too busy trying to survive in this new galaxy. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I felt like I was watching a Rebels episode, and right. I mean, especially like if you're thinking about like the Sabine and Howler scene where she's just like, dude, she didn't say dude, but oh, has anybody ever said dude in Star Wars? I want somebody to say dude. That's a good question. If anybody would say it, I think it would be Sabine because she's a rock star. She'd absolutely say dude. But she's just like, you ditched me or whatever she said. And then, you know, it's this wide shot, right? And you see the Howler walking and then Sabine's like pointing it like, get out of here. And he walks away and just sort of stops. I I I just felt like that's something you could see right out of Rebels, and for yeah. me, I mean, that's like the highest of compliments. That, that's I think that this really was like watching a Rebels episode, especially with all the characters that we get. Um, I was not ready for the Purgle graveyard. <laughs> I did not. This. I didn't even think like Star Wars introduces so many things. It's just so big. Not once did I ever think Purgles could die. I know. Yeah, I had never even thought of that. And then next thing you know, we're we're watching people fly through a graveyard of yeah, and, and through literally the, extreme the, close-ups of purgle bones. Yeah, and there's a wide shot going through their skeleton. Yeah, um, and then you know the con- confirmation of uh, this being the ancient homeworld of the Dathomiri slash Night Sisters. Uh, you know, speculation much like people have been talking about this forever. And they're like, no, this is it. This is just here. Just, this is a fact for you. Um, And I, I think, you know, coming off of the emotional highs of the last two episodes, which I think are just like peak star Wars, this, I really appreciated the deliberate and slower pace of this episode, even though I wouldn't call it slow. It yep. was it was a tension building episode. Um, I liked it as sort of a, a breather, like we were able to catch our breath as an audience after the roller coaster of the last couple of weeks. Yep. And then they just sat us down on this planet and we, we we literally meandered a little bit with the characters. Yeah. And I, I thought it was a really good, you know, it was di- a dialogue heavy type of episode. Um, and I think it perfectly sets the table for the last two episodes because I, I s- still don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea where, where this is going and we're on episode six of an eight episode ser- series. And again, that's high praise. I'm super happy about that. Um, the other thing that, that I found with that said, before you continue, I think it set it up perfectly where it's literally going to be a race back to the ship sort of pace for the last two. I don't know how they're going to manage it. I hope it's not the same pace for the seventh and then an all out sprint for the last one. But mm-hmm. I think they've just done such a great job of storytelling in this series so far that I'm not going to be upset either way. Well, to that point, um, I, I think there's one line that should should rest your nerves a little bit, and it came from Thrawn when he said something to the effect of, and I actually think I wrote it down, if a star whale approaches, destroy it with prejudice. Yeah. Because <laughs> he knows that Ahsoka is riding a traveler, which I thought was another cool way of, of, uh, of you know, explaining 
to us how they're getting there. It's just, they're riding a traveler. Ooh, yeah. cool. Um, the last thing I wanted to say in general before we get into specifics is that I just find that these episodes, every episode so far, has been so dense. Yeah. That when it ends, I sort of find myself just sort of confounded. Like I sit there and sort of watch. It's one of the reasons I love the credits so much is because the music is so, so striking. And so to me, it's almost like soothing um, the end credits music that I sort of just find myself staring at the screen, pondering while listening to this amazing music and trying to run through my own brain, what just happened. And you know, you know, I watch these a couple, three times, depending on the episode. I think my record is five. <laughs> and that may have been five? last week. <laughs> At least oh the God. fourth the fourth and fifth rewatches are usually bits and pieces, you know, parts that I want to look back specifically at, that kind of thing. Um, but I usually do watch uh, all the way through at least three times. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. For Ahsoka. I, I can tell you I didn't do that with Andor, and I don't usually do that with Bad Batch and the other shows that are going on. But I just I just can't get enough of this show, Caleb. It's it's insane. Um, it's awesome. And I find that I, I, I learn more. There's so much in every episode. I feel like I learn more every time I, I do sit down and watch it again uh, because there's just so much. And it's it makes the rewatches so enjoyable. Um but I wanted to talk specifically about the very first scene with Ahsoka and Hu Yang. You mentioned it already with the far, far away. Uh, I mean, hyperspace looks different, right? They've got like the streaks of color yeah. shooting through what's normally just blue and white. I mean, right off the bat, they're telling us that we're doing things differently. We're going to a different place. And then when they start talking about uh, the history of the galaxy one, two, and three, and then Ahsoka looks at Hu Yang and says, and one being the best, of course. Did you catch that? Like sort of meta nod? Because yeah. she has this look of like mischievousness in her eyes when she says that. Like the, the no, first one I, being the best. I totally caught on to that. And I was like, oh, this is going to make some people really happy or some people really mad. Because <laughs> there's no way they can be like, oh, no, that, that had nothing to do with the three, trilo- the three trilogies we have out right now. They did that on purpose. Oh, so that's interesting. Did you did you look at that as the three trilogies or the original trilogy movies? So I thought of it as the three trilogies, oh. and then it being like uh, the, she was saying she liked the original trilogies the most. So, so the I three li- movies, not just the one. I love that. I did not think of it that way. I thought of it just the original three movies, and her uh. saying that the that the original Star Wars was the best. But I love the idea of them being the three trilogies too. I had not yeah. thought of that. So bravo, more, uh, more snaps, more Love snaps it. for you. Um, on a serious note, and before we get to the, the really charming part that I thought was super cool, uh, was it seemed like Ahsoka was struggling again a little bit when she brought up Sabine, right? We let, when we saw Ahsoka at the end of episode five, she's just this light, this, this airy quality about her, you know, she even says, you know, they, she doesn't know where they're going, um, but it's better than going nowhere. But then we see at the beginning of this episode that she she's allowed some doubt maybe to creep in uh, because she's still unsure about Sabine's decision. And the thing that I found to be really powerful 
and it's always Hu Yang. Hu Yang always gets the best lines in this show. He says to her, that's your fear. Yeah. And it, he says it in a way where like, okay, are you saying that that's your fear that Sabine made a wrong choice or is it your fear that is causing you this doubt? Yeah. I, per, I think it's the last part. Yeah, I think it's the latter options you give. Either way, it's just so – I. <clears throat> that's why I don't even have an issue when the episodes are dialogue heavy. It's because it makes you think. It makes you – want to understand more it doesn't always need to be blasters and lightsabers you know Mm -hmm. yeah i absolutely agree i love dialogue uh loki season two is coming up pretty soon and i remember saying uh about loki season one that i could just sit them watch like sitting i loved watching loki and mobius just sitting at a table talking those are my (laughs) wow (laughs) (laughs) um and I also love the fact that they gave us a little bit of doubt because, you know, Last Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie. And there's a lot of doubt involved in that movie. And I, and as much as I love heroes that are heroes, um, you know, like Superman is almost close to perfect. Uh, Steve Rogers, like these, these characters, Ahsoka even, up to this point, they do the right thing no matter what. I love those characters, but I also find heroes that ha- that struggle internally with doubt and questions about themselves. I found them. I find those to be extremely uh, rewarding and very interesting. So I yeah. I like the fact that they're showing her with this little bit of struggle right now. I like that we both have giant stakes in the potential re- return of Thrawn and what that means for the galaxy, but we also have stakes in. What is Ahsoka going to be? Who is she going to be? You know? Yeah. And it's not just about the stakes for the greater. It can be this smaller thing that all of us care about or else we wouldn't watch a show called Ahsoka. You know? So the last thing I have to say about this scene, and it's the, it, it, I've smiled a lot during this show, but I'm not sure that I smile. I've smiled bigger than when this happened because Initially, Ahsoka says that she doesn't want to hear any stories that Hu Yang brings up. But then she changes her mind and says, why don't you tell me a story? And lets him choose. And then he starts it with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And as soon as he said a long time ago, like I froze. And I sat there watching, wondering, is he going to say the whole thing? Like, are they doing this? Are they going to go? And you mentioned it's like the first time that Star Wars has really broken the fourth wall. And they have. That really was a breaking the fourth wall moment. And I just, I found it to be so charming and so wonderful. And I have my my favorite Star Wars t-shirt. It's just a black t-shirt that has the blue letters. A long time ago on a galaxy far apart. It's my favorite one. I look at that shirt differently now because that's like a Hu Yang quote. And the thing that, I find to be most enjoyable about it is that it makes sense. It's not just a cheeky nod and like to fan service, like, Oh, we're going to put, it makes sense. They're talking about the history of the galaxy. They're going to a galaxy far, far away. We know that the galaxy, the star Wars galaxy has been at, at the very least influenced by people that came from this galaxy. And, this is what they do. And then the episode is called Far, Far Away. Oh, it's just such a wonderful way to start the episodes. I loved it. 
I I like it for all the same reasons you mentioned, but it also makes it sort of feel a little bit more quaint. It's not just something that they put on a screen before a film. It almost makes it feel like, okay, we're going to watch a story that was once told in a cockpit of a ship going and <laughs> passing time. It makes it feel a little bit more like we're stepping into the galaxy instead of just watching it. I don't know. That's just me. I agree with you. And I remember, you know, I meant to look into this today, but uh, the time ran away from me. But I, I seem to remember that at some point, during the development of the original trilogy and, and not even the original trilogy, but the very first star Wars, I seem to remember that George Lucas had this idea that all of the stories that he was going to tell were, were going to be told by like the perspective of R2D2 because he had all this history in his memory. Yeah. Now, if you're out there listening and I'm totally butchering this, please let me know. And if I got it right, please let me know because I do believe that that was one of the things that he had thought about um, telling the story, like from that perspective, that R2 had all of this in his data banks. And to me, this is almost like a nod to that idea too, because who Yang has that. He even says it, he goes, Oh, I still have these in my archives. And then he goes and he he's going to tell Ahsoka the story as they're traveling towards a purgle graveyard in the inside of a purgle. Yeah, I to me it was also Ahsoka showing that she's not going to be that completely standoffish to like the Jedi and all that stuff anymore, mm-hmm. and maybe just allow what she wants to allow in, or just not have that like opposite feeling that she may have had before. Because she definitely looks a little bit more zen or almost like reborn after all of that. Yeah, definitely with the uh, the costume change. Um, all right. So let's talk about Thrawn specifically. You already mentioned him. We talked yeah, a little yeah. bit about it. But I agree with you. I think he looks great. I'll be honest. When I saw the trailer and they show him um, somewhat quickly, they do show him. Um, I wasn't too sure about the look. I wasn't too sure about the eyes. But... I found on this episode, I could not take my eyes off of him. And for every, for all the right reasons. Um, Of course, it's the same actor that voiced him in Rebels. And that voice is just so menacing. Um, He's, I, I don't like to say best and worst and this and that, but I just think that they did an incredible job translating him from, uh, animation to live action. Uh, and it's not just about how he looks, but it's about how he acted, how he's, he's always under control. How, I mean, we've never really even seen him in a panic, maybe except for that last episode where he was not sure what these tentacles were coming through his, you know, the, the chimera. Uh, but he was cold. He was calculating, um, I mean, he let Sabine go. I mean, when he heard his her name, he was just like, oh, that's a familiar name, right? And then he he let her go. He said, you've helped my, my journey. I'll help yours. And that's such a Thrawn thing to do, don't you think? Absolutely. I could not agree more. I think his overall portrayal is amazing, and I... It's like he hasn't missed a step. 
I didn't expect him to because they've made it clear that he's he's continued to be calculated. He's continued to not waste time. He's not just sitting there, thumbs twiddled and legs <laughs> crossed waiting for the next bus to come around. He has an army, and he said that the army sort of dwindled, but he sees the opportunity for someone else to do his dirty work. So he lets Sabine go, go find your friend, but there's a tale, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, so you brought up two points that I totally want to talk about, and we'll go with the the army first. What are these night troopers about? Did you notice that? Because I know you watch with the, uh, the closed captions on, right? Um, when they're chanting in the beginning, when they're saying Thrawn, 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 yeah. it says night troopers. So these things are called night troopers. And what, it, what are these things about? Like they have seen some stuff. Yeah. Their armor is being held together by like, it looks like this red ribbon. It looks they're, like the ribbon of like the night sisters. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very similar color to the, to the great mother's robes, huh? Yeah. Uh, and then other ones are filled in by gold. I think the that that's an art form. They referenced it in the Rise of Skywalker when uh, Kylo Ren put his helmet back together. Uh, but mm-hmm. I believe the Japanese. It's, it's I know it's Japanese, but I think it's Kitsugi, if I'm not mistaken, where they take something that's broken. That when something's broken, it's looked at as not having value anymore, right? Yeah. But they fill it in and they repair it with gold, which has value. And it brings that value. It's a different type of value. And I think just the aesthetic of these troopers are um, are really cool. Uh, I wanted to ask you, though, not only for the troopers, but also for the new, the captain that we were introduced to, Enoch, with the one with the gold face. I mean. He was cool. That's some bizarre looking stuff, no? Yeah. I thought it was really cool that, like, I don't know if these are just, like, dead troopers that they've revived because there's a whole story arc where like the night sisters bring back these like zombie type things. So they have the ability and that was where my brain immediately thought, but there's a definitive reason he looks different. It's not just for optics. He has to have some sort of extra ability or something, but his helmet still being like a, a trooper's helmet, but having a different face, it was terrifying it's jarring it's so jarring and then like he as a character he tells when he's helping sabine leave and she get he gives her her blasters back her lightsaber she's on the howler he says to her die well like yeah (laughs) okay and and hu yang said that anakin skywalker was uh was intense yeah seriously (laughs) this is intense um i'm so glad you brought up that whole thing with the night sister magic and stuff because that's a big point lots of people talking about that like is are these are these troopers in here or is this like an army of the dead which leads me to like part b of that question which is what is this cargo what is this cargo that they're taking out of excuse me catacombs yeah that was my exact thought too I was like, when they were moving it, obviously it's hovering because nothing in Star Wars ever touches the floor, but uh, they looked like tombs. They looked like they were preserving something inside of it and wanted to make the trek. I don't know. It was it was definitely stimulating in thought, but before we continue any further, um, I started to think about it. When we were at Celebration and then we went to Disney, we were walking, right? Um, 
I was with Tom for a minute and he asked me a question, completely caught me off guard. He asked me, who is your favorite Star Wars villain? Mm. And just sort of panicking and not necessarily putting any forethought to it. I just said Vader because he's just a classic villain. I think Thrawn is my favorite. And I just think it's because he doesn't need a weapon to be absolutely menacing. 100%. Yeah. So, Tom, if you're listening, there's my answer. Almost like three years later, but you got my answer. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, saying Vader to the question, who is your favorite Star Wars villain, is like saying Jesus when you're in Bible study and you don't know. But Vader is also a good one. But, yeah, Thrawn, I don't know what the future holds. But if but if he's the villain for the foreseeable future, if he's the antagonist, I'm all there for it because this guy is not he's not just evil. He he is a character. First and foremost, he looks out for his people like he aligned himself with the Empire, not out of um, uh, nefarious reasons, but because he felt that it was the best thing for his people. He's a chiss. He comes from the unknown reason, regions, and he's yeah. looking to do what's best for his people. So he said to, these words to Sabine. He said that her decision uh, to be on her mission, basically, is going to reshape the galaxy. How crazy is that? I mean, <laughs> I'm not even sure the Empire can say that they reshaped the, cal- the galaxy. Because remember, um, I think it was the Bendu that said the Empire, oh, gosh, when was it? Who did say this sometime in Star Wars, where they made reference to the fact that the Empire was just like a 20-year thing and that they've been around for, I don't know, hundreds of years or thousands. I can't remember where that came it's- from. It sounds like something that Bendu would say. Yeah. Um, So basically, like, they looked at the Empire as this blip on the radar, but but Thrawn wants to reshape the galaxy. Uh, And and, he's he's something else. He really is something else. And then um, do you think that he's in debt to the Great Mothers or the Great Mothers somehow are in debt to him? See, I was trying to figure that out, too, because at the end of the episode, not to jump ahead, but as – we do on the Colby cast. We like to jump around and give our yes, listeners whiplash. Um, he goes, he pretty, it's almost like he's asking permission to use the dark magic again. It's not, it's not like a command, but he's also not like a commanding person. You know, he's mm-hmm. not just going to put his hand down and everybody falls in line. Everybody just listens. But this was different. This was, if you don't mind, I'd like to use your dark magic. Maybe one more time, you know? I get the idea, I get the feeling maybe that they they are mutually in need of each other. Absolutely. Like the Great Mothers definitely want something done and Thrawn is a means to an end. The The Great Mothers are the ones that brought Morgan Elsbeth through the visions and dreams and stuff. Uh, and Thrawn is the one that's going to help their end game. Um, Wait, Thanos is in this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he a night sister? He is like Thrawn's cousin because purple is blue, <laughs> like a branch from the blue family. Um, one of the, a couple of, I mean, every line of dialogue was so menacing for him. Another thing that he said that caught my ear was uh, death and resurrection are common deceptions played out by both night sister and Jedi. Yeah. That, that, 
recontextualizes Luke Skywalker's no one no one has ever really gone yeah. <laughs> from the last Jedi, but in a really scary way. Yeah. And you then the other thing. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna completely change the subject, so please continue. Well, the last thing that I have really about um uh the things that he said was when they came to him saying that Ahsoka Tano was riding a traveler and on her way. Um he wants to know everything about Ahsoka. He specifically says her master. Yeah. Um, fun fact, and I apologize because I have not read this book, but there's a Thrawn trilogy of books. And in one of those books, it discusses the fact that Thrawn knows, and I apologize if it's Anakin or Darth Vader. I don't know which, but I'm a, I'm assuming it's Darth Vader because of a whole empire thing, but he knows who Darth Vader is. He knew Darth Vader from being in the empire. Well, I mean, Anakin Skywalker turned into Darth Vader and was Ahsoka's master. So I just love the idea that they've placed in there that he's going to find out somehow that he, she was trained by Anakin Skywalker and probably will know what that means to her. And that's very dangerous for him to know. Don't you think? Yeah, he just goes, give me a debrief. I need to know my enemy. And that's exactly what he is. It's what he does. And I'm so glad that they continued to do that in this new version that we're seeing of of him. That's not really a new version, but you know what I mean. Yeah. What were you going to say before uh, you said you were going to change the subject? You mentioned how intense pretty much every line of dialogue was. We can't just gloss over the uh, other master and apprentice conversation. We can't just gloss over the fact that he was just like, oh yeah, I'm trying to break the cycle. Balin. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, they're definitely on the list right there. So let's do it. Uh, I don't know how they make Balin more interesting every, every episode, but they yep. do. It's insane. Yeah. We were talking about how he he has this like almost tiny little sliver of good, but then he goes and says that. I no, I don't think he's good. (laughs) I don't think he's looking to return anything to a a previous state at all in terms of goodness. He wants to. You mentioned Thanos. He wants to (laughs) Thanos snap it and start from the beginning. That's quite um, quite the thought, but. Is it that dissimilar from what Luke Skywalker was trying to do in The Last Jedi? Where he literally said, Sith, Jedi, Empire, I have to break the cycle. Like I, That's why he went to Octo, was to let the Jedi die. Because he, he thought he was the last Jedi. And he went there so that it would stop the hubris of the Jedi, which would lead to more... Um, uprising against the Jedi and sort of like the cyclical thing. Uh, so I'm not saying it's the same thing, but it's not that un- dissimilar, I think. You know, that is a very valid point. And because it doesn't fit my agenda, I will say next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I you're absolutely right. I, I think I, it's almost Ahsoka's mentality too. It's like they want to get rid of this Jedi hierarchy where they have this overall bad look across the galaxy, depending on where you go, it's different opinions. But it's just sort of like the tone in which Luke said it. 
um, it was like, okay, I want to get rid of this because it's not working anymore. While the way Balin made it sound was like, yeah, I'm going to rid of it all entirely, but I'm still good. And I'm just going to keep looking out for myself at the same time. I think that's the, that's it right there. That's, that's the big difference is that uh, Luke wants to stop it um, to prevent more bad from happening. And Balin, I don't think is all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may not be all bad, but he is definitely not all good. And he seems like he would be more than willing to step in and take control with this power that he's seeking if he were the one to sort of hit the reset button. Yeah. And when all is said and done, he'd be more than happy to to be there holding all the power. Yeah. Uh, and that's a dangerous thing. One of the things that cracked me up, I, Shin Hati uh, is, is awesome too. Um, and I loved when they were all standing there with the, with the great mothers and she's just like more witches. <laughs> <laughs> she really doesn't like witches. They no, make her uncomfortable. Not. I'm um, glad that you brought her up though, because we're talking about like a sliver of good in Balin being sort of gone based off of what he said. I almost saw a glimpse of like right and wrong and like a moral compass in Shin when Thrawn basically says, oh, yeah, go follow them. And when you see them, kill them. Right. And she goes, wait, you're not going to fulfill your promise to Sabine. And like it was almost as like you're going to you should watch out for her and help her because you said you were going to help her. And to me, that that shows an aspect of good. And I loved how they used her to show that Balin is playing it. Well, at least he's attempting to play Thrawn. Yeah. And it's a scene you're talking about, like where she's, she's caught off guard. Like what, what's really going on here? And he even says it like the power Shin still thinks that he's going to be aligning himself with Thrawn for the power that they're seeking. But Balin surprises her and says that that power is fleeting. Yeah. He's looking for more. And I got the same read on it that you did, where she, it didn't seem like she was really all that prepared. But that was a surprise to her. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, and he, he mentions that he was not much older than she is when Order 66 happened. So now we know, you know, what is she probably mid 20s, early 20s, you think? Maybe. And that, so he was probably an older Padawan, if not a young Jedi Knight when this happened. Um, and I just would love to know, are we going to get any more insight into that part of, of his, you know, his life? I'm not talking about we need, you know, Mandalorian style flashbacks, which I love. I have no yeah. issues with that. But where was he during Order 66? Where did he go after Order 66? Did he have a master? Did he see his master die? Yeah. Uh, what was this, you know, wh- how did he get to where he's at? Because he's fascinating. Um, I thought it was even- also interesting that he brought up the difference between like the way certain Jedi were raised and almost different kinds of Jedi. Like I don't, it, to yeah. my knowledge, there's not really that distinction made in the past, right? I haven't heard him mention anybody mention like what he mentioned, which he called Ezra a, a, a Boken Jedi, and that's yeah. B O K K E N, and that's actually the second reference to Boken 
uh, or Bakken, sorry if I'm mis- mispronouncing it, but uh, remember a few episodes ago when Ezra, sorry, when Sabine and Ahsoka were training in the in the starship, uh, yeah. and she put the helmet thing on, and she had uh, they called them Boken lightsabers. They're just wood. oh, they're wooden, yeah. but they're called Boken. Yeah, the, and that's like a real world thing. Like uh, basically, it's a it's a sword, but it's wood, and it's for training purposes. Yeah. Um, but he almost applies it here in like a derogatory way. Because yeah. he calls them like wild, right? Yeah, like, doesn't he say they were trained outside of a temple in the wild? Trained in the wild, right? Yeah, so, and then Shin even says something, oh, when she says, oh, they were trained as Jedi outside the temple, and she's like, oh, like me. So she almost, and it sort of makes me think that she feels like she is some in one way, shape, or form a type of Jedi, but he yeah. shuts that down real quick, right? Because he goes, no, you're m- much more than that. Oof. Yeah. So, what is it that he thinks they are? It's just really interesting. Yeah. And then he says this. He says something calls to me. Something stirs here. Yeah. Are we gonna even find out, or is that just something cool? Like, oh, we need to put something menacing here. So, I just oh, I I don't have the foggiest idea what that could be, but I don't know seeing him standing there saying that was chilling. I'm glad you asked if we're going to find out because I know the answer. Mm. I know what's stirring. It's those turtle rock people. (laughs) They are so incredibly cool. I'm not even joking you. I put them in the same category as like the Ewoks and like Babu (laughs) Frick and just that like adorableness. I love them. I absolutely adore them. Like the fear of the first one, it's like, oh no, you caught me. Let me walk over here and just collapse again. You don't know where I am anymore. You think I'm a rock, right? And Sabine <laughs> goes, you know, we can see you, right? Adorable. <laughs> I want one in real life. And if I can't have one, I will settle for a poster. So you remember I was telling you guys, you, I was telling you about like the HasLab project where they made the ghost and it was like $500 and um, yeah. so let's get like a life size. Well, right now they're doing... Because they do these things not just for Star Wars, but they do it for for other uh, franchises as well. Right now, they have a HasLab project of Giant Man. You know, like Ant Man turns into Giant Man. Oh yeah. So they have like a comics accurate Giant Man, and he's two feet tall. What? <laughs> yeah, and he's got like the whole the little antenna and you know ant antennas on his head, and he's yeah. in the whole Ant Man um, or I should say Giant Man. Uh, uh, costume. So what I'm trying to say very ineloquently is they should do a HasLab of a life size. Um, they're called the Naughty, the N-O-T-I, the Naughty, Naughty. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry. It was just on the screen. <laughs> I <laughs> so, thought it was funny that they have their own language and then Sabine just goes Ezra Bridger and it's like, oh yeah, oh, Ezra Bridger. Ezra we know Bridger. how to speak that, just that word, Ezra. That's it. I think it's so funny that you brought up like... Um, uh, the Ewoks and stuff, because because of these creatures, a, a quote from George Lucas has, has sort of resurfaced, uh, and it's something that he told the director of Return of the Jedi, and he said, "Dare to be cute," and it was uh-huh. about the Ewok. It was about the Ewoks, and you know, don't be afraid to be cute, right? And so this is sort of a throwback to that, uh, and you know, I think loath cats fall into the same category, yes. right? 
like um, Dave Filoni had to put something cute in Rebels, and he's like, "We're doing Loath Cats," uh, and he just really steered right into the Loath Cat uh, world, and I, I love them. I do too. I love them. And then he has his little Rebels emblem, like his little necklace, and I love how they played that off too, as as a part of the story. Like, yeah, how do you get two different species in a completely foreign galaxy that cannot communicate with each other? One of them is afraid of being eaten by a big monster howler <laughs> and Sabine needs to find Ezra. Well, visual storytelling, right? Visual yep. symbols. She recognized the symbol on her, on her pauldron and showed her that he had something with a similar symbol. And I thought that that was so smart. It was just really, again, I'm going to use the word charming because there was a lot of charm in this episode and this was yeah. another one. I would also put Porgs in that dare to be cute oh, yeah. category. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Porgs, uh, BB-8, BB-8 is cute. Yeah. I'm just looking at all my action figures right now. I see an Ewok. <laughs> um, I see a, a a big snow monster guy from uh, from um, Empire Strikes Back. He's missing his arm. But the cutest thing that I see in my action figure collection is none other than Dexter Jetster. Cutest guy in the galaxy. <laughs> I thought is, you were going to say Grogu. Oh, he's pretty good too. But yeah. Dexter Jester is cuter than Grogu. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Don't don't at me. Yeah, not up for discussion. It has been. I have spoken. <laughs> yes, I have spoken. Um, we haven't spoken very much about. You mentioned him, but we really haven't talked too much about Ezra. Um, so let's talk about Ezra because. I absolutely loved the reveal. So first of all, before we can talk about Ezra, I want to talk about Sabine because Luke's not here to give me any gruff about it. <laughs> uh, Sabine, I hold my opinion to be true that she made the right decision. Of course, story-wise, of course she's going to make that decision. Yeah. But I still think that she made the right decision because <laughs> even though the fate of the galaxy she didn't do it for the wrong reason. She did it for the right reason. She wants to save her friend. Yeah. She looks at him as a brother. She's he's a he's family. And you take your chances when you have the opportunity to help and save someone that you love. Yeah. And she's literally crossed the void. Survived an encounter with Balin <laughs> with multiple ones from with Shin. Morgan Elsbeth is a night sister. She stood face to face with the with the uh, what's what are they called the Great Mothers and Thrawn, and, and then the droids that came up to her tower as she was unlocking the map. Those two, and then also the fight that she had with these bandits that attack her. Uh, she's uh, she's in another galaxy on some weird planet, has no idea what's around e- each corner. And it's all because of her love for Ezra. Yeah. And I'm not trying to ship him or anything. That's not what I mean. But she, she <laughs> loves him because he's her family. And yeah. she's going to do what she has to do for him. because, And it all comes back to the line he said to her. And he said, I knew I could count on you. Yep. That, oh. made, me, that made me go back and think that there were the two quote unquote choices given to her destroy the map and lose all chance of finding Ezra or go with them and have a chance at finding him. They talk about like fate and they talk about 
how it may have to others been seen as a choice, but she had made her decision from very early that she was going to go and find Ezra regardless of the circumstance. And it was 100% driven because of the little message that she was shown like was replayed over and over while Ezra was disappearing. It's like, I know I can count on you. And Mm. like you said, it was, it was beautiful. I love that. I think he looks great. I love the look. Um, the casting is great. He's got those eyes. I was looking for the scars on his cheek and they made sure to give him a scene where he, he looked to his right to show everybody his left cheek and the scars were there. Um, he can speak the little turtle rock mini Jar Jar Binks language. <laughs> um, it's just another thing that I saw like that was, that wasn't there, but I just, my mind went there was when they hugged, I'm like, Oh, and when he said, she's given him a hard time about the plan. They're always talking about their plans. I love, I love the fact that they brought that in. And then, and then he said it worked, right? Like he still didn't know, like he had no idea this 10 plus years later. And she's like, yeah, it worked. And then they hugged and I'm like, there's 10 years, 10 plus years of information that he does not have. Yeah. Oh, it's, I didn't know if they were going to bring him and Thrawn in, or if they were going to just sort of save him, like for the last episode as sort of like a, a season one cliffhanger reveal but i'm so glad that they were both in this episode because that means we get them for two more episodes and I'm i just agree so happy i thought okay we saw thrawn we had to see thrawn there was no way that they were going to make an entire episode this close to the finale about just traveling so i sort of <laughs> expected to see thrawn but i almost expected ezra to be heard and not seen at the end of this episode and then seen like maybe right at the beginning of the next one but like like you said we get to see both of them it's they're on a collision course toward each other and it's gonna make for a great last two episodes what do you think about sabine's um decision to really not give them any of the context as to how she's how she got there and why she's there uh, she just says, can I just enjoy the fact that I found you for a little bit? Like I'm always like, I always want <laughs> it, it. I would be a terrible storyteller because I just want like <laughs> care when you have something you to say, you need to say it to that person. Yeah. But that, that really doesn't build too much drama or tension. Um, but what, did, what was your take on, on her decision to go that way? I think it was from a place of care and just, um, just relief because like you said, it's been 10 years. And if you're just going to go from, okay, I found you, mission completed, let's go complete another mission. You're not going to be able to enjoy the fact that you completed the mission to begin with. So to be able to embrace each other and just look each other in the eye for the first time in a long time and maybe reminisce for two, three minutes. And then I say two, three minutes, but that's like screen time. And then get back into it and try and salvage what you can because Sabine has no idea Ahsoka's on the way. Only Ahsoka knows that she's on the way and now the uh it's been announced, so Thrawn's getting his homework done. But nobody that needs to know that Ahsoka's on the way knows. 
So let them enjoy their time together, and then they just got a plan. I I don't know what to expect. I don't know what how much time are they going to have to plan? How much downtime is this going to, are they going to be able to enjoy to catch up? How much longer is it going to take Ahsoka to get there? Um, I don't want to see any dead Purgle. Please don't kill any Purgle. No. <laughs> I, I don't need to see that. Um, and I'm very glad that she's in her own starfighter and not like riding on a Purgle. Yeah. So that, <laughs> because apparently that's what the, uh, the night sisters did to get into the galaxy in the first, first place. Um, so, so many questions and I love it when I really do love it when episodes leave me with more questions than answers, because it just, you know, gets me more hyped up for the next one. Uh, and we do, we have one, we have two more, we have one coming up just a matter of a few days. Uh, we've got, uh, episode eight shortly thereafter. And, I've really enjoyed the eight episode. I don't know this show, man, this show is hall of fame. The show is just hall of fame. It's, you know me, I've said it over and over, but uh, I love star Wars. I loved Andor. I love the bad batch. Um, I love the Mandalorian. I'm looking forward to the skeleton crew, but I don't know this, this show has a different, there's something different about it. There's something different about it. And I and I think I mean just every single episode has been has been tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. So um yeah. Uh I don't know. I, I, I don't know I have much more to say about it than that. Uh so uh, are you got any final thoughts uh before we head out of here? Uh no. I, I think we could talk about it for another forty five minutes to forty five days, but I think I'm ready <laughs> for the next episode. Um, the great mothers, they're the night sisters were so disturbing. Uh, I actually looked in the credits and I, and they have their names. Their names are disturbing too. Actropaw is one. Clothow and Lakesis. Those are hard to say. And I'm, I feel like I just said a spell or something. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, excellent. All right. Well, if that's going to do it, that's going to do it. Thank you for, uh, for joining me for this, uh, for this conversation. I'm looking forward to, to finishing out the series here in the next couple weeks. I really am not, but I really am too at the same time. Um, so for the reeking Jedi, who's not here, uh, and for Caleb, this is Colby reminding you to take a look at all your action figures and let me know who is the cutest. You can find the Colby cast on Twitter and Instagram at the Colby cast. If you're wordy like me, you can send an email to the at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated. That'll do, donkey. That'll do.